and welcome to St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Leading worship today will be Kat wilson Aquar, Magenta Watson, our psalmist is Tom Good, and our organist, choir director, music director, and pianist is our beloved David Berry, and I am the Reverend Susan Brazier. Please join us in worship. There are many different gifts, but it is the same spirit that gives them. There are many different ways of serving God, but it is the same Lord who is served. God works through different persons in different ways, but it is the same God whose purpose is at work in them all. Each person is given a gift by the spirit to use for the common good. Together, we are the body of Christ and individually members of him. Let us worship God. overflow with your spirit as our lives are poured out before others you created us to care for your world you created us to be about good work the good work that that you prepared for us good work that gives us purpose good work that gives us meaning good work that gives us contentment good work that gives us joy good work that gives us peace deep in our soul Spirit, we find our common life in this community of faith, united by a common confession. We take our uncommon gifts and share them in serving all people. Amen. Are you ready for the story? Let's take a deep breath. When God made Jesus alive again, Jesus went to his disciples and he said, God is going to give you a wonderful gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will no longer see me, but remember, I am with you always. I will be with you in every time and every place. Soon after that, the disciples received the Holy Spirit. The gift of wisdom. Let us enjoy the Spirit, gift of wisdom. The gift of understanding. Mm -hmm. 
Let us enjoy the gift of understanding. The gift of good judgment. Let us enjoy the gift of good judgment. A gift of courage. Let us enjoy the gift of courage. The gift of knowledge. Let us enjoy the gift of knowledge. The gift of the awe of God. Let us enjoy the gift of the awe of God. The gift of the spirit of joy in the presence of God. Let us enjoy the gift of the presence of God. When the disciples received the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, they were filled with love. And they went out and they spread the good news. They told people about the kingdom of God. They went out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the whole world. Now these gifts are still given to the people of God, to the people who love God. And these gifts help us to serve. But these gifts do not stay here in this place. These gifts go with us. Take the gift of the spirit of wisdom out into the world. Take the gift of the spirit of understanding out into the world. Take the gift of good judgment out into the world. Take the gift of courage out into the world. Take the gift of knowledge out into the world. Take the gift of the awe of God out into the world. And take the gift of the spirit of the joy in the presence of God out into the world. God can and will be with us at all times and in all places. Now I wonder, what will you do with the gifts given to you? Let us pray. God of word and wisdom, 
When the risen Christ interpreted the scripture to his friends, their hearts burned with excitement. Send us your Holy Spirit to open the scriptures for us today, revealing the truth and love that will fill our hearts and change our lives too. Amen. So from Exodus 18, verse 1, 6 to 9, and then 13 to 24. This is a long one, so better be ready to digest this. Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all God had done for Moses and for his people Israel, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed down and kissed him. Each asked after the other's welfare, and they went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had beset them on the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. Jethro rejoiced for all that the Lord had done to Israel, delivering them from the Egyptians. The next day, Moses sat as judge for the people, while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, well, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make known to them the statutes and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You should represent the people before God and you should bring their cases before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions and make known to them the way they ought to go and the things they ought to do. You should also look for able men among all the people, men who fear God, are trustworthy, and hate dishonest gain. Set such men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will go to their homes in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning our psalm reading is in fact a couple of verses each from two psalms. Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2, 
And then Psalm 90, verses 16 and 17. And as we've done occasionally in the past, we have a refrain and chant for this morning's psalm. Unless the Lord constructs the house, the builders work in vain. The Lord alone designs and builds foundations that remain. Unless the Lord builds the house, their labor is in vain who build it. Unless the Lord watches over the city, in vain the sentinel keeps vigil. It is in vain to rise so early and go to bed so late. Vain, too, to eat the bread of toil, for you, Lord, give sleep to your beloved. Unless the Lord constructs the house, the builders work in vain. The Lord alone designs and builds foundations that remain. Let your work be manifest to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of our Lord be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Oh, confirm the work of our hands. Unless the Lord constructs the house, the builders work in vain. The Lord alone designs and builds foundations that remain. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This sermon is for those people who find themselves overworked and exhausted. And this sermon is for those people who find themselves standing around trying to figure out where they fit, trying to discern where God is calling. In our Old Testament lesson this morning, we find Moses and the people of Israel shortly after they escaped the Egyptians through the parting of the Red Sea. They are trying to get themselves organized as they figure out how to be a free people. They have spent the past 430 years in indentured servitude, nine, ten generation as Egyptian slaves with no control over their activities or their lives. As our story opens, they are in Midian, near where Moses' wife, Zephora, grew up. Zephora, seeing that she was in the neighborhood, slips home to see her folks and takes the kids to have some quality grandparent time. It's not too long before Jethro wanders out to check up on his son-in-law and he finds Moses overwhelmed in chaos. The people, this great tribe of Israel, are all just standing around from sunup to sundown, from morning until evening. In case you missed it in the text, it repeats that little detail twice. They're standing around watching Moses work. Truth be told, with Moses doing all of the governing work, there really was nothing for them to do except to watch the show. And make no mistake, we love to watch lawyers and judges work. There is a reason that Judge Judy earns $47 million a year and that legal dramas are a bankable television commodity. We will binge watch everything from night court to suits, 
Boston Legal to CSI. We love this stuff now. And according to this morning's Old Testament lesson, the ancient Israelites loved it back in Moses' day as well. I have a personal fondness for this story because it celebrates a well-functioning legal system. People need to be able to have their conflicts fairly and justly resolved if they are to flourish. As a lawyer, this story affirms my love of the law. But just to look at Exodus 18 as an outline for how to adjudicate cases is to miss some of the real significance and beauty of this text. From verse 14 through 23, in just nine verses, the author uses the Hebrew word debar eight times. Eight times. Now, debar can mean a lot of different things. It's usually translated as thing, matter, or word. In our story, however, it is translated as difficulty, case, dispute, thing, as well as four different pronouns such as it, this, and that. Uh, just hang in there with me for a little longer. Yeah, I, I glaze over too when someone starts talking about parts of speech. Referencing Debar as a legal case or a dispute, as is done in Exodus 18, is absolutely correct. But the discussion between Jethro and Moses captured in this account actually applies to, well, to everything. Debar means stuff, all kinds of stuff. We know from the earlier chapters in Exodus that Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, has been involved in the priest's business for a long time. And when he encounters Moses' fledgling attempts to serve God as a prophet, Jethro offers him some very valuable advice. Jethro tells Moses, what you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. But if you do this, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people, each one, shall go home in peace. From Jethro's perspective, the perspective of a seasoned religious professional, having anyone who is over-functioning is not just unsustainable for the individual, it is also horrible for the people in the community. He says, you will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. Jethro tells Moses that he is causing harm to the people with him by working from morning until evening. The work needs to be divided among everyone. It's not good for the people to just be standing around watching. They need to be involved. The people will be exhausted from waiting on the sidelines. We see this with many types of organizations and families. There will always be a handful of people who will always step forward, always are eager to undertake any task to the exclusion of other people. Many of you have heard me say that the work you do for St. Andrews should bring you joy, a sense of purpose, a sense of well-being. If you have taken on tasks for the church that you'd rather not do, just don't do it. The work for the church should never be soul-sucking. It should be a source of delight. Way too often, we take on responsibilities, believing, rightly or wrongly, 
that if we don't do it, it'll never get done. And that is certainly true if you're talking about something like, I don't know, preparing taxes. There's plenty of things in life that we don't get a choice about. There are unpleasant work that just has to be done. But that is not true with church work. If you are doing work that wears you out, you are probably doing work that God intended for someone else. You're stealing the work that will bring someone else joy. God has work for everyone. As Paul wrote in Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10, for we are what he has made us, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. God prepared work for each person before that individual was even born. As we know from Genesis, God made humans and allotted them the task of tending the garden. This probably accounts for why people love to grow things and tend their gardens. It is often really hard work, but for many of us, we just love to go and play in the dirt. That deep sense of satisfaction, that, that is what we should experience with our work for the church, with our work for the assembly, the ecclesia. It is a sign that we are living in balance with our God when our labor for the church and how we carry out God's command to love and care for one another brings us a sense of joy. And God equips the saints. All of us have special God-given talents to accomplish God's call on our lives. Listen now for the word of God as found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 13. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help one another. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one spirit gives a gift of healing. The Lord gives one person the power to perform miracles and to another the ability to prophesy. The Lord gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak many languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes these gifts, the Holy Spirit alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have been baptized into one body by the Spirit, and we all share the same Spirit. This is a word of God for the people of God. So, what is your special God-given gift? And where is God calling you? Is there something you think you'd like to try, but you hesitate? 
You have no idea how often I hear people say that they're afraid to offer for fear that they might be stepping on someone's toes, a fear of offending, a fear of appearing presumptive, a fear of failing. But I have watched people hold on to treasured tasks for decades, and when they can no longer do the tasks, they take the entire organization down with them because they did not share the work. As we see with Moses and the Israelites during their stay in Midian, people with no experience, people formerly enslaved, need to have the chance to grow and to develop their capabilities. Doing everything for others keeps them dependent and causes harm to the overall community. Jethro tells Moses, what you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. St. Andrews is starting into a new era, and there is a need for more people to tend the garden. What special gifts have you been given to share with the community? What spiritual gifts will allow you to undertake a project that will bring you contentment and joy? Where is your place in this family of God? Where is Christ calling you? I am desperately hoping that someone feels God's call in their life to serve as our next treasurer or, or to help us coordinate our tech needs. Perhaps serve as a greeter or create artwork for our bulletin covers, work with the mission committee. Even if you don't think you can do anything, even if you think that you're too old, too young, too busy, too tired, there is very important work that you can still do. There's a small group that meets here every Thursday evening, and their work is to pray for the church. We meet in the fellowship hall and spend a quiet hour just praying. We pray for all of you who watch this video. You don't have to be here to pray. You can pray wherever you are, here or at home. Prayer is some of the most important and critical work St. Andrews is presently undertaking. Jethro knew the talent that God had placed in the people Moses served. After all, his daughter and grandchildren had been part of this community. Jethro tells Moses, if you do this and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all these people, each one, shall go home in peace. Go home in peace. In the original Hebrew, the word is shalom. Somehow, translating shalom as peace misses the nuances in this lovely sentence. Shalom means so much more than our English peace. Shalom. Shalom has a sense of peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, flourishing, welfare, tranquility. It is a reason it is so often used to mean hello and goodbye. Shalom. The shalom experience is multidimensional, complete well-being, physical, psychological, social, and spiritual. It flows from one's relationships being put right. Right with God, right within oneself, and right with others. If we share the work, 
and God so commands you, then we will all flourish in contentment and prosperity in all of God's goodness. We shall go home in peace. Amen. Join me in the prayers of the people. God, our Maker, source of Easter power and hope, you have walked with your faithful people through many generations, people facing challenge and uncertainty, people seeking your purpose and promise. We still face challenges and uncertainty, even with Easter in our hearts. Walk with us and with those for whom we pray for this day, so that your resurrecting power may lead us in lives of faithfulness. In the name of Christ, our risen Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for children and young people who must think about the future in uncertain times, facing threats new to this generation, like the pandemic and climate change, Give them hope rooted in the knowledge that their lives matter to you. Show them how to make a difference in the world. 
whatever threats they face as they grow in the name of Christ, our risen Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for people for whom age or experience, illness or disability create barriers to full participation in your world. Surround each one who suffers pain or despair. Surround each one with your comfort and renew each one with a sense of dignity and purpose. Show them how much they matter to you and to us. In the name of Christ, our risen Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for all those facing grief and loss in these very difficult days when it is still so hard to gather for support. Stay with those who must rearrange their lives without their beloved. Give them strength and comfort through your promise of resurrection. We pray for communities challenged by forces beyond their control, natural disasters, political strife, and economic consequences of the pandemic. Give courage to those facing challenges and wisdom to those who lead so that well-being may be restored soon and hope for the future prevail. In the name of Christ, our risen Lord, hear our prayers. As Earth Day approaches this week, we remember before you the struggle within your creation, creatures losing habitats, unique species dying out, oceans filled with plastic, the climate warming, and the havoc that results for all of us. Jesus, you are the firstborn of all creation. Help us to honor you by caring for the earth and its fragile balances in, way, in the ways that we live and the priorities we set. In these ways, too, we would be your disciples, and so we pray the words that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to that which is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and to be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.